All right, welcome to the Once Upon a Time in Huntsville podcast, hosted by me, Sam Pugarinaga. Uh No guests today, just just your host. Uh, I haven't done one of these solo ones in a while, and I thought it would be a good idea to talk about my favorite films of 2021. And when I say that, I don't mean films that came out in 2021, because I barely saw any. Uh, but I mean just movies I watched in 2021 that I just wanted to share with you. And uh, I've done, I think I did like a two-parter of this ep- of this type of uh, episode last year. And be, I keep a film journal and I write down like little notes in the movies I watch because I like to keep track of how many movies I watch in a year. And sometimes I put limited series on there too or certain TV shows that really uh, uh, struck me in a certain way. But um... Yeah, I thought we could kind of just go through this. Maybe there's some movies that uh, I really loved that you really love. Or maybe there's some movies that I really love that you really hate. Or vice versa. Or maybe there's a movie you've never heard before. Heard of before. And you want to check it out because I have a glowing review for it. Kind of. Not really giving a review. Just kind of giving basic thoughts. Kind of going to try to go to uh, get through this as fast as I can. I think there's like 20... Not 20, sorry, 200 entries in this. Um, and a lot of it spans different genres. But at certain points, you can definitely tell I was like in a certain mood. Uh, because I'm, I'm going in order here. Uh, but before I start, just remember to uh, subscribe. Um, uh, whether you're listening on YouTube, uh, Spotify, feel free to give me five out of five stars. Because they have this new ranking system, so that'd be cool if you did that. Uh, feel free to share. Or if you ever want to come on, uh, if you're an actor, a musician, a filmmaker, or or just you feel like you have an in- interesting story to share, then uh, please come on. And we're going to have some awesome guests coming up here pretty soon that I'm really excited about. But all right, let's get into it. All right, so the first film that I watched of 2021 was uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Uh, it came out in 1994. It was directed by Frank Darabont. Uh, at the time... Not a lot of people saw it, uh, and now it's considered one of the greatest movies of all time, and I absolutely agree. I mean, it is, it's not a fun film to watch, uh, if you're aware of the contents. It's of uh, a wrongly convicted man um, that goes to prison, and along the way, he meets Red, who's fantastically played by Morgan Freeman, one of the greats. And Tim Robbins uh, plays Andy Dufresne, the one that's wrongly convicted. And it's just, um, it's based off of a Stephen King novel. And it just, the movie feels like a book in itself because it covers a large amount of time. But it does so effortlessly. Like, it's a three hour and something movie, but it just, the pacing is excellent. And it has one of the best endings of all time. It's just like, for a movie that's just so difficult to watch... It puts a big old smile on your face. Um, after that, we watched another uh, Frank Darabont movie that that was also a novel uh, that Stephen King wrote was uh, The Green Mile, which uh, I had never seen before. I'd seen um, Shawshank Redemption before. I some of these I have seen, some of these I haven't. Uh, the Green Mile um, is where I learned that my wife is a robot because uh, if you're familiar with the ending of the film. Um, you probably know that it's a, it's not a tearjerker. It it makes you sob. At least that's what I've heard from other people, and that's what I did. And I remember watching it with Aaron, and she was just kind of like straight faced, 
And I was like, I'm taking notes on this. <laughs> uh, she won't listen to this. Um, <laughs> or maybe she will. And one day she'll she'll come back from work and kind of be a little bit more quiet than usual. <laughs> and I'll have to dig a little bit. No, I love her. Uh, she enjoyed the movie too. Uh, we, we both did kind of have like the same um, criticisms uh, with it. Uh, it it kind of has this like magical element which kind of... Not that... Not that I can't suspend my disbelief, but it kind of comes out of nowhere when, and I guess that's the whole point of the film is that there's mad, there's there is real magic in this world. I think that's what the point of the film is. But I th- I think I'd have to watch it a second time to really um, grasp the entire film. I think it's a really good movie. Um, great acting. Tom Hanks is always great. Michael Clark Duncan is phenomenal. Um, rest in peace. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely have to watch it again, but it is a long movie. Its pacing is not as great as Shawshank Redemption. It, it feels like a long movie. Uh, next up, I watched, uh, Best Picture winning, uh, Annie Hall. Uh, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of, uh, of Woody Allen. Uh, and you're probably assuming because who he is as a person, I on, and like before all that stuff came out, I really didn't care for his, his work as a director, um, before all that stuff came out, or at least before I knew of it, um, so, or I guess the stuff he allegedly did, I think marrying his own adopted child, though, is, I can, I can say it's weird, um, but uh this movie Annie Hall it 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 has some funny moments I I don't get it though um I I don't get um the Woody the whole Woody Allen shtick kind of uh, his whole charm thing kind of falls flat for me like after 15 minutes his whole neuroticism thing and you can play neuroticism extremely well like um like a George Costanza or a Ricky Gervais. I just don't think he does. Um, yeah, yeah, he's 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 uh, that movie. It's funny in some bits, but I didn't I didn't love it as I think a lot of other people do. Uh, that being said, uh, Aaron and I later we'll get to Midnight in Paris. That is one of my favorite. Uh, that is really the only uh, movie I like of Woody Allen's, and that's because uh, Owen Wilson is fantastic. Really, the whole cast is great in that, and I really like um, that story. Uh, next up, I watched Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master. This was like a third rewatch for me. Uh, I mean, this is a master class of acting, like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Adams, Jesse Plemons, um, all, all all the other... I think Laura Dern. Is Laura Dern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura Dern <coughs> has a small bit in there. Um, they're all, I mean, just insanely talented, hardworking individuals. This is a movie... That I didn't, uh, I didn't, I liked it the first time I watched it, but it didn't really hit deep until the second time I watched it. Where I was like, oh, it's like an anti, anti, like basic story film, where you know, over the course of a regular story, a character wants something deeply, and uh, they have to overcome their flaws to get that, or maybe they don't get that and they get something else they uh, actually needed all along the way. 
and uh, by but usually at the end of the film they've changed, and uh, in this movie, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's uh, character just uh, does not if if he's not the he's not even worse than he was prior. He he is the same this this loose cannon that um, is really kind of creepy and scary, but at the same time kind of funny. <clears throat> if you're if you're an actor and you haven't seen that movie, you, sh- you need to check it out. And if you're into filmmaking, you should check out Paul Tom- Thomas Anderson stuff. He's one of the best. Next up, I watched this is the fifth movie on the list. I watched Out of the Furnace, directed by Scott Cooper. I think is super underrated. This is uh, it's funny. Uh, Kelly. Uh, McNabb texted me about this movie the other day. He was like, hey, have you seen Out of the Furnace? Which is like, not a lot of people know about this movie. And I was like, yeah, I have. It's a great movie. It's really underrated. It's not one of my favorites, uh, but Christian Bale is really great in it. Woody Harrelson is terrifying. Casey Affleck is really great. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is great. Um, I forget who plays Christian Bale's wife. Uh, What is her name? Uh, Maybe I have it written down here. I don't know. Um... Oh, Will, uh, Willem Dafoe is also in it, but uh, the woman I'm thinking of, is, why don't I just look it up? I literally have the internet at the touch of my fingertips uh, while I'm looking that up. But um, it is a <clears throat> it is a jarring film. It's extremely violent um, in, a, in a realistic way. Uh, Woody Harrelson's film, I think it's one of Woody's uh, best performances. He is, cause he, he, play, he tends to play a lot of good guys. I know he plays a bad guy here and there. But he is just like terrifying. Out of the furnace came out in 2013. This was my second time watching it. I believe Aaron watched it with me. Oh, Zoe uh, Saldana or Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Yeah, 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 from Avatar and Guardians of the Galaxy. Um. Oh yeah, Sam Shepard was in it. He's one of my favorite playwrights that I've gotten into over the past couple years. Boyd Holbrook. I don't remember him being in it. Um. Oh, um, yeah, Out of the Furnace. It, 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 I, it's definitely not one you have to watch, but if you're really just fascinated with like Christian Bell's uh, like uh, resume, like go check that one out. Uh, next up, I watched uh, Cindy Oak uh, or Cindy Oak. Is it Cindy Oak? I know I'm saying that wrong. New York, uh, directed by Charlie Kaufman. Uh, I didn't. This was the first time watching it. I didn't really care for it. Um, I I really I like love and hate Charlie C- Coffin. I love adaptation. I hate uh what is it inside John Malkovich. I don't hate it, but I don't I I don't like it. I loved I'm thinking of ending things, and I don't like uh this one. So he's kind of a mixed bag for me, but I think he's a phenomenal filmmaker. Oh, an Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um. And he didn't uh, direct uh, adaptation. He Spike Jones did, and he didn't direct. Um, I don't think he directed Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I think he just wrote that one. Uh, next up, uh, my seventh film. I watched uh, one of my all-time favorites, Whiplash, directed by Damien Chazelle. Uh, I think it's just one of the best films of all time. I mean, the editing... Like Damien Chazelle is like one of the best filmmakers right now. I can't wait for Babylon. Uh, I actually had a good friend of mine uh, audition for that, and he got a call back for it, and he got to speak with Damien Chazelle through Skype. And I was oh, I was so jealous, but at the same time, I was so pumped for him. But uh, 
Damien Chazelle is definitely one of those people I want to work with. Like his precision of filmmaking is, man, there's not many people that can do what he can do with the camera. Like he's just thinking outside of the box. Like Whiplash is one of those films that has a basic story premise, but because of his vision as a director, the movie becomes something entirely else. Uh, next up, oh yeah, Aaron and I watched this one together. Uh, the Soul, or not the the Soul, just just Soul. The I believe it was a Pixar film directed by Pete Docter. Came out in twenty twenty. Um, uh, yeah, it says here I, I like. I don't really remember a lot of it. Um, I think Tina Fey voiced like the little. I don't even know what they were. I guess Soul thing. Jamie Fox voiced the main character. I remember the animation being like stunning. Um, but, and the ending was, I mean, I, I, I really liked the story, but I don't, I think sometimes Pixar kind of has this, um, this, this, uh, standard of how they need to make their films and they have to hit certain beat points. And so at times it becomes really predictable instead of like, oh, what's going to happen? Like I knew how it was going to end. Uh, and I know that maybe sounds pretentious of me, uh, but I feel like most people know, and it's really the ride you enjoy along the way, but um, maybe I need to check that one out again. I thought it was good. I just don't remember a lot of it. Um, Let's see. Oh, and then the next one I watched was uh, Platoon by Oliver Stone. Um, I, I watched this one. I remember, like, I couldn't sleep. This was back before um, uh, Aaron and I were married, so I was over in my uh, one-bedroom apartment. I, by myself and I just couldn't sleep one night and uh I like went out and just went through my DVDs and I was like oh I own Platoon <laughs> I don't okay and so I popped that in and I watched it I don't remember a lot because I want to say I like fell asleep halfway through and had to finish it the next day um so yeah that's uh <laughs> I'm sure it's great I need to rewatch that one uh the next one I wa- oh this one was really great um, Paddleton, directed by Alex Lindman. This was uh, Ray Romano, who blew me away. Um, I forget the other guy's name. He's he's a director as well. But it's about these two guys that live at the same apartment complex. One lives up top, one lives at the bottom. And they are best friends. And one of them then discovers that he has a terminal illness and he has a certain amount of time before he dies. And um, instead of waiting it out, he's just like, oh, I want to live one more week. And then the doctor is, is going to prescribe me um, these pills that are, are legal that will uh, kill me. Um, and it's all official and stuff. And Ray Romano's character is devastated because he wants to spend at least a couple more months with his best friend. And it was really touching a very odd film, but I, I it's definitely worth to watch again. It was on Netflix, I believe. Um, yeah, that one, I don't want to spoil too much. That one was tough. Uh, next up, I watched uh, Midnight Special, which uh, is directed by Jeff Nichols, who did Mud, uh, Take Shelter, which is probably in here later. Um, uh, you got Adam Driver, you got Michael Shannon. I hope Nate Jeff Nichols. I haven't. When was his last newest film? This came out in 2016. Jeff Nichols is someone I'd love to work with. My buddy Jacob Laughlin, who I've had on the podcast, uh, worked, his first ever movie was Mud. So if you're interested in uh, 
Jeff Nichols. You should go check that out because we talk a good bit about him. I'd love to have him on the podcast and pick his brain. He's such a great director uh, and has such a great visual style. He's ah, so many great directors right now. I feel like this is like a director's renaissance and no one's really talking about it. Uh, next up, I watched, uh, oh, I, uh, I think Aaron and I watched Catch Me If You Can together, because she had never seen it. This is one of my favorite Steven Spielberg's, uh, uh, favorite, uh, Spielberg's films. Like, it is just so much fun. Um, it feels like you go on this entire adventure with, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and, uh, Tom Hanks' character. It's based on a true story, which is crazy, because you're like, there's no way this is true, and then it is. So you have to do some research after you watch it. Christopher Walken's great in it. Leo's great in it. Um, this that it's like a it's a movie. It's a fun movie to watch, but also kind of can punch you in the gut and make you make you tear up a bit. I'm gonna take a drink of my smoothie. It's my breakfast. Mm. That's good. Um. Man, how we're already at 17 minutes, and I'm only... Yeah, this might have to be a two-parter again, um, if you guys are interested in that. Uh, next up, I watched... Or I could go faster. Next up, I watched Marathon Man, directed by John uh, Schlesinger. Um, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was as great as a lot of people were, uh, thought it, or think it is. I, I don't know. I feel like Roy Schneider, if like if the movie was just about him being like a spy, like I would be all in. Uh, Dustin Hoffman uh, is a fantastic actor, but I just I particularly didn't enjoy his not his performance, but his character in the film. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, next up, I watched uh, Our Friend, which uh, funny enough, I'm in. Uh, I have like a one or two liner in that. Uh, I think I've talked about it before on the podcast. That was like one of my favorite, like one, like I was a day player, but I shot like three scenes uh, in one night and only one of them ended up making the cut, which I understood because it's just like, you know, I remember shooting one of the scenes and we were having a blast doing it. And I was like, ah, there's no way this is making the film. Like it has nothing to do with like the story, it, 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 but it was so much fun to shoot. It was definitely worth it. And Jason Siegel, man, what a what a guy. Just I would love to work with him on every movie. He's just one of those guys that uh make sure you're uh you, you feel comfortable on set and you're and you're you're allowed to collaborate with him. And uh I think I've said this on the podcast before, but if you've never listened, uh I remember at the end so we shot in this like local sports uh place. That sells like camping stuff and sports uh, and sports gear, and so at the end for thanking them uh, as a way to thank them for letting us shoot in their location, um, we were everyone was all the crew members in the cast were going to buy stuff uh, uh, from the store, and so I saw these earrings, and I saw this uh, leather journal. So I was getting the earrings for Aaron, and I was getting the journal for myself. And uh, I remember walking up to to check out, and uh, Jason was in front of me, and we were kind of talking. And uh, I was like, "Oh shoot, um, uh, I have to go grab my wallet. It's out in the car." And it was just like walking outside, just getting in my car and grabbing it. And he was like, "Oh, can I can I see those real fast?" And I was like, "Oh, wait, these and 
so he just kind of takes it out of my hand, and he's just like, he looks me in the eyes like, I'll buy it for you. Don't worry about going outside. I was like, no, 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 no. He was like, no, no, no. Try, and he made like a joke about it. Like he was like, oh, don't worry, my sitcom money will like take care of this. And it, it, like I was just like, oh, dude, you don't have to do that. It was just a, like that's one of those cool like stories, like that I like. He did not have to do that, but did because um, I guess just because he has a good heart. Uh, so I'd love to work with him again. And, and the movie though is really great. Uh, it's a tough watch because it's about uh, this woman that. Uh, Dakota Johnson plays brilliantly. I also met her. She was very sweet. Um, uh, just briefly. Um, and she plays this woman who uh, has cancer, and uh, she has two younger children. And Casey Affleck plays her husband, and Jason Segel plays uh, their friend that just pretty much drops everything to help them. And it's a real. It's based on a true story. It's based on an article that Matthew Teague wrote, uh, who uh, Casey Affleck plays. It's a tough watch because what it's about, and it's re- I mean it's really realistic. And as someone, my mother had cancer a couple years ago, my junior senior year of high school, um, and that was it. It felt very realistic. Thankfully, my mom uh, overcame cancer. Praise the Lord. But um, uh, this movie has a different turnout. Not to spoil anything, but I mean it's already out there. It's based on a true story. Uh. Sorry if I just spoiled it, but it's a really great movie, and they got two Led Zeppelin songs in it, and they use it blue. Uh, they use it in such a great way. Uh, next up, I rewatched Ford vs Ferrari. I think I watched this for a film class I was teaching because uh, we were going over Christian Bale's work as an actor, and uh, man, um, Christian Bale is just. I th- in my. If I were to have to, if someone held a gun in my head, and they're like, you have to pick like one actor. That is that you think is the best of all time. Um, a lot come to mind: Daniel Day Lewis, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Viggo Mortensen. But I think I would have to go with Christian Bale because he he can do anything. And um, I've just I've never seen a bad performance from uh, Christian Bale. And that movie's gr- great. Matt Matt Damon's great in it. Uh, Tracy Letts is in it. And it has this like. One of my favorite like uh, moments from the film is when he's it goes from a completely comedic moment to a completely emotional moment, and Tracy Letts like knocked it out of the park. He's a great character actor and, and a playwright, and um, yeah, it's, and Josh Lucas is in it, who I pl- uh, who I worked with years ago on my first thing. Uh, he's he's great in it. He kind of plays this snobby guy that's getting in the way of uh, Matt Damon and. Uh, uh, Christian Bale. Uh, yeah, Ford vs. Ferrari. It, it's a solid film that not a lot of people saw when it came out, so you should go check it out. All right, next up, uh, uh, Captain Phillips, which is directed by Paul Greengrass. It was released in 2013. It's most popular for the the uh, the meme. I am the, look at me. I am the captain now. Um, uh, I really loved the first half of this movie. The other half was kind of uh, not really well-paced, but it's still a really important film to see. It's terrifying that that stuff still happens. Um, the next movie I watched was uh, Charade, directed by Stanley Donan. It came out in 1963, starring uh, Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. This is such a fun movie. Um, man, It is. they have great chemistry. There's so many twists and turns. They, uh, a lot of people refer to this movie as the, as the movie that Hitchcock didn't direct, meaning that it feels like you're watching a Hitchcock film, but... At the end of the movie, when the credits are rolling, you're like, "Oh, it's not directed by Hitchcock." 
Uh, Stanley Donan also directed Singing in the Rain. He co-directed it with Gene Kelly. But, um, man, this is a great... I don't even want to spoil anything just because it's such a fun film. I, I believe it's on Amazon Prime. I own it on Criterion, though. And they they need to update it to Blu-ray. I don't think they have. I'm going to take another sip of my smoothie. Um... Um, next up, I watched Paper Moon, uh, which was directed by Peter Bogdanovich, who actually recently passed away last month. Um, uh, this stars both Ryan O'Neill and his daughter Tatum O'Neill. The movie is just hilarious. I think it's a perfect comedy. I think it's one of those few perfect comedies that, um, is consistently funny and then just can surprise you with a moment of drama that just really is like, oh, wow, like I really do care for these characters. Uh, Tatum O'Neill, I believe, is still the youngest person ever to win a, an Oscar. Uh, she won for Best Supporting Actress, which is funny because she's the lead actress. She has like the... Like she shares all her screen time with Ryan O'Neill. Um, it's hard to not think of like all the crap that she went through that's really sad. I, uh, in real life, but uh, so go do some research for that yourself. But watch this movie and enjoy it. It's, it's such a great film. Uh, the next up, I watched uh, The Big Short, uh, directed by Adam McKay, uh, who has a, I believe, Don't Look Up, he directed, and it's nominated for Best Picture. Uh, I believe he was nominated for Best Director for this. He won for Best Adapted Screenplay based on that book by the same guy that wrote The Blind Side. The Big Short is a terrifying movie to watch because um, all of it's true. And it's like, oh, is our system rigged? And this huge thing happened and then no one did anything about it and it's still rigged. I don't want to get too political. I just like to keep this about films. I don't even think that's political. though. That's just more like... Like both sides, I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't want to get too much in that. It's a great movie to watch, though. It's it's extremely funny. Next up, uh, Aaron and I went through uh, True Detective season one, directed by Kerry uh, Jojo Funkanago. I think that's how you say his name. He also just did uh, No Time to Die, um, that new James Bond film that came out. Uh, I think True Detective season one is. Oh man, it's so good. I think I've talked about it before in depth. Uh, it's I think it's one of the best seasons of uh, TV at all time. Matthew McConaughey is just, whew, he's great. Woody Harrelson's great. Michelle Monaghan's great. Um, the entire cast and writing and uh, uh, cinematography and editing and music and and meanings and subtext. I mean, it's just all just like spot on. It's amazing. Uh, next up, I watched. Oh yeah, I went through like a Austin Powers phase because they were all they were all like on HBO Max when we had it, and I was like, oh, I kind of had them on in the background. Uh, I, I laughed a couple times. I think they're supposed to do a fourth. Um, I would go see it. Those movies are always funny. I th- I remember me and my dad growing up watching them on TV, and uh, they just always made us laugh together. One of my favorite lines from uh, I th- I think it's the last one, Gold Member, and is when Michael Caine, who plays Austin Powers' uh, dad, father, uh, says, um, "He's like, there's two people I hate. The first being." The type of man to make fun of someone else's culture. The second man, or the second man, is a Dutch, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that's great. Like that's one of my favorite lines. Uh, I I totally butchered it though. Uh, the next man, or the next movie I watched uh, was directed by Danny Boyle, uh, Steve Jobs, starring Michael Fassbender, which is like he's one of the. Gr- 
man, Fassbender is so great. I feel like no one talks about him a lot. Uh, Fassbender is just like consistently just on top of it. Like, man, he understands the assignment. That's all I'll say about that movie because I didn't really care for it. <laughs> but he's great. Uh, next up, I watched uh, The Man Who Would Be King, directed by John Huston. I actually just watched uh, The Maltese Falcon, also directed by John Huston, who's such a fantastic director. Everyone knows that, though. Um, Michael Caine and Sean Connery are hilarious in this. Uh, it's a really great, fun film to watch. Um, it's really, um, I don't want to spoil too much. It's, it's a thrill ride of a movie. It's a great adventure movie that, it's like a movie that they don't quite make, uh, these days, unfortunately. Uh, oh yeah, and then next up, I got to see Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, in theaters in IMAX uh, over at the AMC and I also saw uh, Two Towers I did not see Return of the King because uh, we went on a skiing trip was that yeah that was yeah that was when so we saw the first two, I saw the first two in theaters in IMAX the third one I did not because we were skiing but we watched it while we were there and uh, the TV that they had at the place we stayed at was huge so it almost felt like we were at the theater and if you have the opportunity to see Lord of the Rings in theater, then, like, you have to do it. It's such, man, it was amazing. I could not believe it. And, like, I remember having to pee, like, halfway through the first one. And I've seen Fellowship of the Rings several times. And I was like, I can't walk out because I don't want to miss anything, like, on the screen in this format. Oh, it was awesome. Uh, next up, I watched um, North by Northwest which uh, is one of Alfred Hitchcock's uh, best movies. Um, man, Cary Grant's great in it. I'll, I, uh, what a fun thrill out of a movie that you just, like so many twists and turns. Hitchcock is like one of the best to ever do it. They consider this to be like the first James Bond film because all the James Bond films afterwards kind of like mimic um, that same style. Uh, next up, I watched uh, a Martin Scorsese film. Um, Shutter Island. Oh, I see here. I I put a little joke to myself. See, I, so I do. I watched, and then I put the date, and then I put a released, and then I put the date it came out, and then I put the director, and I I put Nolan crossed out, and then put Scorsese. I think that's because I was like, you know what? This is like this feels like a Nolan film, um, more than a Scorsese one. I think it's super underrated. A lot of people. Rank it low on Scorsese's list list of filmography, which I understand because Scorsese's list of filmography is insane. Um, but I I think it's a really solid film. Great uh, performance from Leo and uh, Mark Ruffalo is really great too. And Jackie Early Haley, I think that's his full name, has this uh, like five minute role and he is like haunting. What an underrated actor uh, he is. Um. Next up, Aaron and I went through, like, I think this is when it was, um, we went through our huge Disney phase. Oh, my word. We watched, like, uh, we watched The Little Mermaid, which, uh, honestly, I, after watching it that time, I think it's super overrated. I think the songs are great. I think the animation is beautiful for the time, because it came out in 1989. Voice acting is superb, but the story itself, I disagree with. The story itself is really just like, oh... Do whatever you want, and you'll get away with it in the end, which is kind of messed up. Like, it's kind of the opposite of, like, I mean, she learned a lesson, but she still got what she wanted. Um, I don't know. I It's not one of my favorite Disney movies. Next up, we watch Cars. 
which I think is often like regarded as like one of the lesser Pixar films. I really like the first Cars a lot. I think it's a really solid film about friendship and like doing the right thing um, against your ego. Um, I really like Cars. I think it's I think it's funny. I think it looks great too. And there's some things that haven't aged well. You know, maybe some jokes you're just like, ah, do we need so much fart jokes or whatever? But uh, I I can look past that for a pretty solid Pixar film. Uh, next up, we watched The Fox and the Hound, which I totally misremembered that entire film. I thought one of the dogs died. I thought they were re- reunited in the end. I don't know what my dumb kid monkey brain thought when I first watched this movie, but I watched it and I was like, this is not the. This is entirely different than from what I've seen. Oh, I got a sneezing coming. Oh my gosh. It's what. Oh! <laughs> <coughs> oh my gosh. <coughs> <coughs> oh my word. That was uh if you've made it this far in the podcast, you're welcome. Uh I I hope you just enjoyed that. Wow. Woo! All right. Uh but yeah. Uh then we watched a goofy movie. Which is, you know, a fun, sweet movie. It's directed by Kevin Lima, who also co-directed with Chris Buck, uh, Tarzan, which is my favorite Disney movie, which I think is the best Disney movie uh, of all time. I know I'm a little biased since it's my favorite, but I think it's better than A Lion King because I think it has a better structure to it. Uh, And I think think the songs are better. I know that's kind of like a, a weird stance to take. I really hope you guys don't, hear this week this guy weed eating outside he started about halfway through i really hope he doesn't pop up on the mic um next up um oh yes also uh (laughs) when we went skiing i was like you know what i'm gonna bring like a really good like fun um foreign film to watch with my family because uh, I feel like they don't give a lot. It's funny because my parents watch foreign television shows all the time, and they they'll read subtitles for foreign television, but they don't like to watch foreign films. I I don't understand that at all. But I brought Bicycle Thieves to watch, and it depressed everyone. I forgot how depressing it was. I honestly forgot how slow it was. Uh, I think my parents fell asleep while watching it, uh, but they were still like, they still they said they liked. It. I don't know if they were saying that because they felt bad that they fell asleep. But uh, I think it's a great film. Um, it's, it's a tough watch, though. That's one I should have been like, you know what? Maybe this isn't a fun, fun movie to watch with a family. Uh, yeah, I also brought Casablanca um, to watch with them. We watched it, and I think everyone enjoyed it except for me, which is funny because obviously it's one of the greatest films ever made. You'll see that everywhere. Every time I watch this film, I like it less. The first time I watched it, I was like, this is a masterpiece. Second time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is a really great movie. This time I watched it, I was like, it's it's pretty good. I don't I don't want to, because this, I mean, this whole, Casablanca could be a whole podcast episode within, within itself, so I don't want to go too far, but that's just my opinion. I don't know why. Maybe the next time I watch it, I'll I'll think it's a masterpiece again. But I think it has a lot of problems that a lot of people tend to overlook. Uh, next up, Aaron and I watched Meet the Fockers. 
Uh, I didn't even like write out a full review. I just said it's meh. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? I mean, it's not meh. It's it's a pretty funny, silly movie because that's the one with Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand. It, it, yeah, don't watch it unless like you like are going through the. There's a third one, I think. I don't know what that one's called. I never saw that one. I guess there is a Meet the Parents trilogy. That's weird to think. Meet the Parents, the first one's great, though. It's hilarious. Uh, Next movie I watched was a Marlon Brando Western, directed by Marlon Brando, who was, prior to him directing, it was directed a little bit by Stanley Kubrick. Um, It came out in 1961. It's called One-Eyed Jacks, and apparently there was a four-cut, our four-hour cut of the film, and this one is like two hours and 30 minutes, and my review was that I really want to see the four-hour cut because so much is missing from the two-hour. Like, the first, like, two hours is phenomenal, and then, like, the 30 minutes, the last 30 minutes of the film is, like, supremely rushed. You feel like there are scenes missing. The studio probably didn't want a huge movie going out, but I, I... Man, I wish there was like I watched it on Criterion. I wish they had like that four hour cut because I'd shoot, I'd watch it. And for what Marlon Brando used to say, he thought the four hour cut one was phenomenal. Uh, the next movie I watched was uh, The Trial of the Chicago Seven because I was gearing up for the Oscars from last year because this was nominated for a bunch of stuff, and I thought it was really bad. I don't think Aaron Sorkin. Uh, Obviously a great writer. Uh, I don't think he's a great director. And I think Eddie Ray- Eddie Redmayne... I don't mean to hate on people. But he he's a he, he's a phenomenal actor who could do... Who kind of just, I felt like, was... I feel like almost every actor, though, was kind of just like, ah, oh, we're here for the paycheck. Oh, Aaron Sorkin. If we just say what he tells us, then it will be perfect. And I just, I disagree. Um... Next up, I watched Rear Window, which is personally my favorite Hitchcock film. Uh, Grace Kelly, uh, Jimmy Stewart, uh, together. Uh, it, uh, J- J- James Stewart, what a phenomenal... Like, I keep saying phenomenal. I don't know why I keep saying a phenomenal. But he has an amazing performance in this movie. Uh, like, it's all reacting, and acting is reacting. And I feel like a lot of other actors maybe would have gone over the top or would have done it too subtly. Like, he's right on the line, and it's perfect. If you haven't seen Rear Window, like, you're kidding yourself. You need to go watch it. Next up, I watched Vertigo. I think uh, we were doing a Hitchcock in film class. Vertigo is my probably my second or third favorite Hitchcock film. Um, uh, another one that's up there is North by Northwest. And then also Strangers on a Train. Man, which is, uh, funny enough, I'm reading this great book about uh, Christopher Nolan. And it's talking about his, all his favorite films. And he, uh, he there was, like, a couple pages on Strangers on a Train. And I was like, oh. That's so nice that Cristiano loves that movie. Uh, like that makes perfect sense. Like that he would love that specific Hitchcock film. But Vertigo's great too. It is a little uh, the pacing kind of wavers here and there, but it's definitely like one of the best and one of the most shocking endings ever. <laughs> I shouldn't have just done that. Into the mic. Oh well. Um, uh, stretch it a little bit. We are at oh thirty nine minutes and fourteen seconds. I may go for like six more minutes. I may finish up this journal. There's only a couple pages left, and then I may talk about some other stuff for a bit. Just keep, keep for, for for other plans for this podcast and stuff. But uh, 
Next up, I watched Interstellar. Speaking of Nolan, um, this is one of uh, Aaron and I's favorite Nolan films that we love to watch together. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, like what a renaissance! What a the the McConaughey Renaissance is like one of the greatest renaissances of any actor. Um, I think he just was on a streak of just amazing films. Mud, I think was Mud the one that kicked it off, or was it Killer Joe? One of those kicked it off. Then Interstellar, True Detective, Dallas Buyers Club, which he won the Oscar for. And um, there's another one I'm forgetting that's probably an obvious one. but Oh, uh, Bernie. He was in Bernie. He was great in that. He's really funny in that. Uh, man, but in this film particularly, he, him and... Um, I forget the young girl's name who, who plays his daughter, the actress. She's great. She's gone on to do a, a bunch of stuff. And then uh, Jessica Chastain, who plays the older version, is also excellent. Michael Caine's great in that. Anne Hathaway is really great. Um, the whole cast is just excellent. Uh, Willem, Willem Devane uh, makes... He, he was in um, an old Hitchcock film, and he plays one of like the NASA guys whenever they get kidnapped. And he's in a movie called Family Plot. Uh, he's a he's an underrated actor. Uh, he has a great specific look to him. But uh, Interstellar, ah, oh, what a beautiful film! That Hans Zimmer score should should have won all the Oscars, and it didn't, and that's bogus. Uh, and this it did win for best special effects. Uh, next up was Psycho, um, which is I remember the fir- this is like one of those first few movies that actually like caught me completely off guard. Um. If you have not seen Psycho, I don't want to spoil it, uh, but man, man, what a what a what a Hitchcock was just the master. I if I could pick uh, a dead director to work with, he's definitely on top of that list. And people say he wavered near the end. I st- I still think he was making solid movies. I think Family Plot is still a solid, fun movie to watch. It's definitely not one of his masterpieces, but. But man, he this movie's Psycho's great. You ha, you got to watch it. Uh, next up, I watched David Fincher's Mank because I believe it was up for a whole bunch of awards as well. Not my favorite Fincher film. I think a lot of people would agree with me. I think you have to be a certain fan of the era that they're talking about, which I think was the 30s or 40s. Uh, but the way they shot it on film was excellent. The sound, it sounded like an old film. That was awesome. Gary Oldman's great. I mean, the, all the cast is great. It's just not very... Uh, compelling as uh, Fincher makes it out to be. Um, I- I'd probably have to rewatch that one again. And then uh, the last one in this journal, I have a- another full journal, was uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which uh, I remember seeing... Um, I rem- Okay, these this stars two people that like I kind of like I had it in my brain uh, that were just going to be huge stars. I remember watching Friday Night Lights season one and Jesse Plemons, for whatever reason, really stuck out to me. Like, I, like in my mind, I was like, man, he's. I feel like one day he's going to be working on a bunch of stuff. And then uh, a couple years ago in Indiana, I went to a film festival with a buddy. And uh, a movie that we, the movie that we watched first was a movie called uh, Wild Rose, starring Jesse Buckley. Um, and she was great. And the mom in that was phenomenal, uh, too. There, there's the phenomenal again. Um... But they are both now nominated for Oscars this year. 
And that just is awesome to me. Like, Jesse Plemons is someone's career I would love to have. And uh, Jesse Buckley is just, she she seems like such a great actor, like such a strong, uh, like, willing to play different characters. Um, or she she's very versatile. Both actors are extremely versatile, I would say. And um, I'm really excited for them. I hope they both win. Um, I haven't seen either of their films, though, that being said. But uh, I'm thinking of any of the things as a Charlie Kaufman movie that I did like. I think I talked to my good buddy Slade um, about it, and he really enjoyed it, too. Uh, that was fun to talk to him about. Um, but, yeah, uh, this is the podcast today. Uh, I know this wasn't... Usually, I feel like... Um, when I have a guest on, I can be more uh, comedic and uh, kind of bounce. We can, you know, whatever whoever the guest is, we can kind of bounce off each other and you know rib each other. Or if it's you know my beautiful wife Erin, we can um, you know poke fun at each other and uh, you know I can be the butt of the joke. Or well, usually most of the time, I feel like I'm the butt of the joke, which I which I don't mind. <laughs> uh, but and I felt like today was more like a oh like let's just talk about movies and. I don't know. I, I really love talking about movies, so uh, I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing guest ones, too. I'd like to do, uh, I'd like to have a schedule where I do two guests a month and then one solo one where it's just me talking about certain films or certain books, kind of more talking specifically to actors or filmmakers. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and, yeah, today was the podcast. Uh, if you've ever wanted to uh, donate to the podcast, you can do so by going to anchor.com and then looking up Once Upon a Time in Huntsville. Or I, you know, or you can just click on the link underneath the YouTube description. Or um, I usually share it on my Instagram story, so you can go click on that. Uh, but feel free to listen. Feel free to share. Again, if you feel like you're a listener and you want to come on, like just shoot me a text or a message or an email. And uh, I'll get back to you for sure because I'd love to have uh, a wide variety of guests on um, instead of just you know uh, close close acting friends, uh, which will I will continue to do. I, I'm really excited because I'd love to have uh, Kelly McNabb on, who was just in uh, the final episode of ABC's Women of the Movement. He played Judge Thomas Pickens Brady, yeah, uh, and he was there. I say it again, a phenomenal. Uh, he gave a great performance in that episode. He's at the start of it. Man, he, he just knocks your socks off. Um, so I'd love to have him on and kind of talk about his journey because we've been friend we've been good friends for about two or three years and we've worked on some other stuff. And I'm I'm shooting another short at the end of this month with him uh starring and I'm really excited to get to uh get him on as well as uh my other good friend Alex Haynes, who I, I've worked with uh he was in Murder Chaser, he played Mr. Tate. Murder Chaser, I feel like, is one of those things. I there's something more I can do with that. A lot of people reached out to me about that and was like, "Wow, this is great," and I feel like, I feel like, uh, that's one of the most fun things I've made um, as a filmmaker and as an actor and as an editor. I just had so much fun with that, and it's not pristine looking. I wanted to kind of make it look like we didn't have a budget because we didn't have a budget. But I think I think it's still pretty solid. I think the writing is where it's at. Um, I don't mean to tap myself on the back, but I, I want to do more with that. I feel like there's more to do with that. Maybe it could be a web series of some sort. I'm trying to work on various projects at the moment. 
But uh, yeah, that this was the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. Please reach out. Um, uh, I will do a part two uh, of my other notebook, and I'll try to go through it a little faster. All right. Love you guys, uh, I guess. I don't know why I said that, uh, but God bless. <laughs>